Welcome, all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slasher, screams, and squeals, the paranormal and the fucking supernatural. Talking about all the films which conjure up your nightmares. This is It Records. I'm Matt Johnson. And I'm Peter Hansen. And today we'll be talking about a 2008 UK horror film known as Eden Lake. Pete, could you tell us what it's about? Sure I can. I uh, knocked it off of IMDb, so it is not mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's very short and like really quick to the point, which I think is funny. But anyways... It's, uh, refusing to let anything spoil the romantic weekend break, a young couple confront a gang of lootish youths with terrifyingly brutal consequences. Wow. I couldn't have said it better myself, Pete. You really, you nailed it there. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. With words that were not mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in a nutshell, that's, that is Eden Lake. Um, you've probably maybe seen the premise before, if you're a horror genre fan. Um, but we'll go into depth in a little bit about what the plot actually was and whether we want to defend or destroy it. And there's some spooky things happening around the world now. <laughs> no way, Pete. Get out of here. A little segment I like to call Creepy Headlines. <laughs> creepy Headlines. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you should keep doing that. It's a work in progress. We'll get there. <laughs> so, suspect on the loose in Kansas, Missouri killing spree. Five are dead in two states. So, this guy, very outdated mm-hmm. picture, apparently, by the Kansas City Police Department. Uh-huh. Dozens of officers searched farmland in central Missouri on Tuesday for a man suspected of killing a man in a nearby house just hours after fairly shooting four people at his neighbor's home about 170 miles away in Kansas. That's really far. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll let, the, I'll let the viewers look up more about that guy because there's a whole lot of nothing about him. Yeah. <laughs> there's a whole lot of nothing. Oh, man. Now that's bone chilling right there. Just as bone chilling as Eden Lake. <laughs> Nailed <laughs> it. Segways are great, aren't they? <laughs> They're easy to come by. <laughs> um, so Eden Lake, two thousand eight horror film. Yes. Um, and just before I go into what it's about, um, we'll kind of be looking at when we talk about it why we think it has any significance in the horror genre, really how it fits, would you say, into the horror genre. Um, or a subgenre, really. Would you agree, Pete? Can you repeat the last part? You you faded out. Nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, that was a one-time thing. And I won't repeat myself. You can give me... No, I, I'm sorry. I basically just said that um, we're going to kind of focus on when we talk about it, how it fits into the horror genre. And even maybe a subgenre of horror. Okay. Because it's not your typical type of horror movie that you maybe go see every weekend. No, it is. Uh, I think it was actually very with the trend at the time. E- even the tail end of it too, where we mm-hmm. get into that a little bit, where we kind of saw like a a trend of horror films kind of fading away and a new one coming into stream. Mm-hmm. 
Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you, you looked uh, <laughs> perplexed. <laughs> no, I was just trying to absorb all of all of your comment. But could you go, I mean, maybe a little more into depth on that? You said it was kind of in the trend of that time, maybe an example of similar movies at that time. Well... That were very similar. Why were people interested in this kind of movie? I think it kind of showed that um, it was like a very brutal time in horror films where you kind of saw that with like um, uh, The Hills of Eyes. That was like maybe three yeah. years before it, I want to say. It was pretty close. And Hostel and a lot of popular releases around the mid-2000s were very brutal and people like to call them torture porn movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that Eden Lake was just like right at the end of that, but it. So I think it got overlooked because people were tired of it at the time. But yeah. I think it's like one that shows that it's different, just by you could just tell by how how it plays out. No, that's a really good point. I think now that you mentioned some of those movies, that uh, definitely that time period is brutal sort of gore horror at the time and it gets overlooked because at the tail end especially for me I mean I've been recommended this movie for a while now because I'm a huge Fassbender fan <laughs> for all the viewers out there uh, people have been recommending this movie for me I'd never heard of it um, until I was allowed to watch it in this podcast and uh, I was not disappointed spoiler alert already for our our defend it or destroy it segment. <laughs> yeah, I could I could still destroy it. We don't know. It's up in the air. <laughs> could be a misdirect, Pete. Um, <laughs> but with that in mind, we've talked a little bit about Eden Lake, but haven't really told the viewer what it's about at all. So let's launch headlong right into the, what is the guts, if you will, of Eden Lake. Um, it starts out with we got a a young Michael Fassbender and uh, is it Kelly Kelly Riley? Yes. And they're a married a married couple. She's a school teacher. We don't really know what he does, and they're taking a, a weekend away to Eden Lake, um, just as a romantic sort of getaway. That's how it starts, right? And we, we learn in this scene that he's looking to propose. We see the ring. D- yes, see? yes, that's true. Okay, I didn't know <laughs> if I, I was like in the middle of the movie but yeah um i would Definitely. say it's probably like 20 minutes in i don't i can't really remember yeah. but nonetheless they're going to a smaller little rural town they're from the city it looks like uh for a romantic getaway and they be they go to sort of a construction site is that what I, what was i think it was like was it in a place that was like off limits at the time to like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, now I can't even think of the word. I like completely blinked on the word. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's they go tourist. To, it's a there we go. <laughs> it's off limits to tourists. Yeah. Um, but Michael Fassbender, Steve is his character's name. Seems to know where they're going, sort of, but he doesn't use the sight nav. That's a big thing. Doesn't use the the GPS. He knows where he's going. <laughs> Rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah. Typical, I mean, you know something's going to happen here. Not using his GPS, he's kind of... He's not asking for directions. <laughs> yeah, has no map going off all intuition here. I don't know if he's been here. It seems like he's been here, but we don't know. 
And there's a lot of closed-off areas due to some sort of construction to a new resort that's coming in. They bypass a lot of signs, and they're back in the in the middle of nowhere. And we, we, we see this through a lot of, I think, really good uh, panning shots of, like, bird's-eye view of how isolated it really looks um, in the beginning. I think that was a good setup to sort of see how far away they were from everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to think... Uh... Um, you could, it pretty much like jumps into the action, not, they kind of like fake you out early on. Yeah. Just like, you know, classic, uh, mid 2000s scare, like, ooh, get scared before the really scary stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, 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 it builds that tension really well. I think in almost what is a, a good virtue of it is it builds the tension very slowly in almost in a believable sense, maybe because you believe you have a certain sincerity towards the characters, I think. Um, it doesn't really escalate or take you to an area where it's too unbelievable. Does that, would you agree, or did it or did it sort of just jump from, I get go 180 on you, Pete? Um, I mean, I think some people may say, like, oh, like, that went really far pretty quickly. But that kind of, mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's, like, a part of the movie. So I, I it's hard for me to say because of the actions that the antagonists take. There's, like, pretty drastic measures. But they're pretty terrible people. So, you know, it kind of... Yeah. yeah, they're portrayed as sort of hooligans and, if you will, if I can use the term hooligan... Um, hooligans and sort of like just degenerates and really they have no redeeming qualities from the get-go. They're pretty Um, awful. (laughs) And Steve's had a problem with them from the beginning about running the red light. Um, He's all ticked off about the youth he talks about. Um, But I guess we should get to the action. Um, It it really, they're at the lake, Eden Lake, and they're laying out and the the group of hooligans we're referring to um, is blasting their sounds. Or as we in America call it, uh, their music, their boombox, <laughs> but they're blasting their sounds. Um, Michael Fassbender confronts them, and that's where everything starts to escalate. They're not really hearing them out, and they end up popping their tires. So they have to walk back into town, which is where I originally thought shit was going to hit the fan. But it sort of deviates from that, because they get back into town, and they're fine, but then they decided to go back the next day to Eden Lake. Correct? Yes. If I, you know, sometimes time differences in movies is hard to figure out. Time is hard to follow. (laughs) Where I would say that's a pretty good, uh, why they did that, um, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that, that part did seem a little fishy that, once that all happened, that they would go back. Maybe because he did have the idea to propose to her. Yeah, and that... Down there, that was his sort, his sort of his plan. He was going to be scuba diving, and he pulls it out. And he's very proud. He's, he's not going to let a bunch of teenagers push him around. That's true. That's, that's a big thing. Um, he's a very proud, stereotypical, like... Bloke. Alpha man <laughs> at the beginning of this movie. Doesn't want to use the sight nav. Not going to let the teenagers push him around. Um, he's gonna he's gonna do what he wants, sort of a thing. 
Um, and she's sort of very docile to him. Like, let's just go, Steve. Steve, it's fine. Steve, let's get out of here. Um, They're just a bunch of kids. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a bunch of kids. Let's get out of here. Yeah, they're just blasting their sound, Steve. Get over it. Um, But then once the rising action happens where, I guess, uh, I was going to say, they're out there at Eden Lake. The kids steal the car. And that's where sort of it, gets really intense really quickly <laughs> and they steal the car because there's an incident where Michael Fassbender confronts him to get his keys back a knife is drawn in an altercation and a a dog gets killed a dog dies in an altercation with a knife and the hooligans don't take kindly to it and that's where they basically end up capturing Michael Fassbender they're like we're gonna ruin this guy's life <laughs> yeah because and it was an accident it was an altercation but they didn't take too kindly to it and his wife gets away but he's tied up in barbed wire we see next yeah oh which was a really brutal scene to watch that whole sequence of events with all the kids so much blood <laughs> it really was and it was all like box cutters and and like tiny little knives and it was a lot of blood and really slowly paced it was like made me like I don't know it was like uneasy you wanted something to happen but it was just so it took very long (laughs) to get through those shots I felt like which is uh credit to the director just making you feel very uncomfortable I agree I definitely agree and on that point it was at that time in the movie like, going back to the first where I said, like, the panning shots, the slow pacing. It's more like just sort of a slow exposition of these, this couple. Once they go back to the lake for the second time, it becomes more steady cam, POV cams. You notice that? And sort of a filter on the lens. It kind of looks more like a gray or blue color. Oh, there's just a, yeah. There's a little more murky the second time they go back, so you kind of get that ominous feeling that something's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you're watching a horror thriller, but I thought that was an interesting way to film it. And you definitely got that in, in that scene where Michael Fassbender is tied up. So credit James Watkins, the director of the film and writer. First time director and writer of the film, actually. How about the part when he ripped his tooth out? Oh, yeah. yeah that was uh, that was a no-go for me. <laughs> I, I didn't think it, would, it was going to happen. I thought the kid was going to, you know, back down. No, no like, they never back down. No, not at all. <laughs> they never back down. Because he's from the streets. Uh, he doesn't back down. That's true. He does He's from the streets of some obscure English town. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, um, in that scene, which goes on for a long time, Jenny tries to call his phone via Bluetooth. And that's where they hear it ringing and they, they run after her, correct? Oh, yeah, And that's yeah. how Michael Fassbender is able to get loose. He pulls his hands out from the barbed wire. Ah. Um, it was bloody to say the least. And really from there, what what are the next things that transpire in the film? They, they, head, up, they head out to like that pool house area? Yeah, they like the... You get kind of sense of relief for a little bit, but then like she gets found again, and then she just like kind of hides mm. 
um, her boyfriend because he's just like That's right. he's just like incapacitated and he just like mm-hmm. and she's just trying to get help. Mm-hmm. That's true, and in that vein, when we have it, I think one of the reasons why it works so well, or why at least I mean, people, it's got a high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the the two victims, I feel like maybe through the camera angles, but also through the acting of Kelly Riley and Michael Fassbender, you kind of feel that connection where you 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 feel for the victim a lot more than just like wanting them to survive. You kind of like believe in that relationship. Is that just me? Or did you kind of... No, I think that's uh, that's a good way of putting it, especially since the antagonists are so... Oh, man. Did it, you just, I hate them so much. <laughs> I, do t- I do, too. I think most people do hate the the uh, the antagonists. But also, I think the film did a good job of like making you see the film in a way through their eyes. Not through Brett's. Brett, the main... The head of the gang. But the other kids, who were like reluctant at times to do certain yeah. things just to sort of really kind of gauge everybody's like <laughs> uneasiness with what was going on the only person who was like cool with it i felt like was brett brett was like this is happening we're doing it nobody questioned me we're fucking killing a guy it's gonna be <laughs> sweet <laughs> that was a beautiful english accent <laughs> you nailed it Pete. i wasn't trying for an english accent i don't know i was trying to act like a tough guy was it brooke Tough guy. Yeah, I guess well, it would did sound a little Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, it, it did. Well, I'm terrified over here. <laughs> um, but speaking of Brett, if I can for a second, that's a young Jack O'Connell. I say that name and ring any bells? No. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, he's, he's in a really good movie called Startup and 71, which are English and Scottish films, which you might not know, which are very good. But he was the lead in Unbroken, with uh, Angelina Jolie directed. Oh, he was the, yeah, that movie. The, P- the uh, prisoner of war and the Olympic athlete. That's the American film he's been in. But I think he was for his role was a very good actor. I think he's a good actor now. But that was him at a young, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, he had to be years old. Yeah. yeah. So all you Jack O'Connell fans out there. You're welcome. I name dropped him. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So kind of uh rushing it a little bit here cuz like uh basically what I think what makes the movie stand out is like how brutal it is, but it doesn't like throw it all you at once. Like you said earlier, it's like it takes its time with his brutal mm-hmm. beatings and torture scenes and you're just like, oh my god, get the fuck out of there. Like, you just really want the girl and then, like, unfortunately for Michael Fassbender, he's not so lucky. Yeah. Unfortunately. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah. In the movie. <laughs> In the movie, yeah. He's still alive and well. He was just up for an Oscar. He's still bending <laughs> metal and stuff. <laughs> Um, no, but since you brought up that point, I mean, pushing forward, you said, talking about why you think it works, and I kind of talked about why, um, it kind of gets in the heads of also, also the victims a little bit. I mean, this movie's brutal, to say the least, and that slow pacing of it really makes you feel uneasy, but you see sort of a recognition from at least some of the gang of the 
the aggression and, and, and brutalization of what they're doing. You can kind of see that reflected in a few of the young boys. I think that was a, an interesting take on it. Um, it just felt very visceral the whole time. I, I never felt desensitized. And sometimes I feel like if I watch a lot of, like, torture porn, if you will, it just gets... It gets tiring. It gets tiring where it loses its effect, which is terrible to say, but it loses its effect on what it's trying to do. This one, I felt like it was very well paced in that capacity. I think because it, it has a little more balance with, like, emotional and, like, having, de- like, decent actors in the movie. Sure. I think that definitely helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, something I wanted to ask you is, like, this was your first viewing of this movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, first time. Um, first time viewer. Uh, what was uh, the point where you're like, oh, shit, this is the kind of movie it, it's going to be? Um, yeah. That's probably got to be... I don't know. I felt, like, really, I guess, on edge when... The first time when he confronted them around the fire was a little, like, eerie because at that point they had stole the car, they had popped the tire, um, and he was he was starting to get really, you could tell, I, I guess, aggressive, and he wasn't going to take it anymore, Michael Fassbender. And that, fo- that following scene was literally, it was like a dissolve into he's in the barbed wire. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> this alright we're going there I thought this is going to be like I don't know not I mean it was it just hit me really quickly where I could believe that it was going to go there but that was the scene that did it what what, what kind of movie did you think it was before that like what, I like to hear like kind of a theory because I it's happened to me a couple of times where I was completely misdirected and I, like, explained where I thought I was going to go, and it ended up being completely opposite of where it actually did go. Yeah. No, I still feel like, even though I watched it, I didn't think I'd know where it would go, including the ending, which we could talk about later at some point. Um, but, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I went into it just... I didn't really know what it was, because the people who recommended it to me were like, don't watch the trailer, just go into it. Trailer so is knew, pretty bad. Uh, the trailer like gives away the movie. So if you're gonna see this movie, please don't watch the trailer. It also has like, oh, like the first half of it is like a voiceover with the uh, uh, Kylie or what's her name again, um, the 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 female actress. Oh, uh, Kelly Riley. Yeah, she, the main. Yeah, yeah, she has like a little voiceover for a little bit, and it's just like, it's so dumb, and then it, it does show. I mean, you could say that about most movie trailers. They're like, oh, it shows everything, but, mm-hmm. you know, th- you could make a good trailer, but it just isn't. <laughs> so Kat's boyfriend is taking her to Paris for the weekend, and my boyfriend's taking me to a disused quarry. <sighs> At your first opportunity, turn around... <laughs> beautiful why don't we just find another spot i'm not gonna be bullied away by a bunch of 12 year olds hey guys 
Can you turn your sounds down, Paul? Hey, mate. And what are you looking at? You're looking at my tears. Fucking jog on. Steve, where's the beach bag? It's got the car keys in it. I just want my car back. Car keys, phone, wallet. You've had your fun. First phone he sees, 999. Now we've got to finish this. seen a bunch of kids tooling around on BMXs. <laughs> That's yeah, it, I was really disappointed with the trailer. I mean, I've watched it since, but don't watch it going into it. It, it like, gives away the movie, and it's not well put together, well produced. They kind of just flung it together. <laughs> They're just like, cut, 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 okay, let's make it, let's make it work. And we're good, cut, print, send it. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, we did it, guys. <sighs> okay. Do well. We've gone through most of the film. Did we not do the ending? Um, I mean, I would say you know that's a tough one because, like, do we want to talk about that to I, people who haven't seen it, or do we want to be yeah, like? I say we don't give specifics. What's your general reaction to the ending? Can we do that? Yes. What's your general reactions? Because I think that's necessary. Go, you can go first. Go first. Okay. I would say, well, my reaction, I was like, man, I am so mad right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I even that's probably like, oh, I could kind of guess what that's going to be like. But, you know, maybe not for some people. But I feel like even that, I feel like the ending really draws people away from the movie and I think because people usually like a certain ending over other endings and yeah. this movie gives you ending and it's like there it is and I don't care <laughs> yeah that's true um, but to go off that real quick just before I say my general reaction I think for what the film was doing it needed to end that way because like I don't know, one of the big themes was um, just like the class classism between the middle class couple and the lower class rural kids or hooligans and there's these these monsters so that's prevalent throughout the film but also that idea of like being products of your environment that whole idea of like the gang mentality um, so if you know what I'm saying here yeah. the ending yeah. kind of works in that capacity you know what I'm yeah, saying? yeah I gotcha Okay, but I'm not going to get into specifics. I almost did there, but I, that's why I kind of like the way the movie ended. With that being said, 
I made me so mad. <laughs> it, it made me mad, but in the best way possible. I was like, all right, I get it, but all right. <laughs> Unfortunately for this movie, it is not a moneymaker. It's not. Do you have, what do they make, box office? It was under $4 million. Under $4 million? Under $4 million box office. World, wait, worldwide? Uh, I mean, I'm looking at it at Wikipedia right now, and it just says box office. It doesn't say well, worldwide or just UK. It right. Is, it might be. I'm not sure. Well, the, the upside of that, that's a low box office, but I know that it was a low-budget film. I don't know if that falls under $4 million, but I know it was like a really low budget, and they shot it in six months. So they really rushed through it. It's actually so. very long for a horror film, I think. Six months? Yeah. Um, hmm. You know, it kind of depends on what kind of horror film you're making. A lot of slashers, they run right through it. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. <laughs> be pretty quick. But, no, I don't know exactly what their budget was, but I know it was, it was significantly low. It was James Watkins' first film and first directorial debut. He also did Women in Black. Yes. And he wrote, Women in Black. Yeah, he wrote The Scent Part 2. I was going to say, yeah. I looked that up and I was like, I'm going to bring that up to Pete. Pete's going to love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Pete's a Descent fan. I am, yeah, he wrote but it. I hate the sequel so much. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. Yeah. I, I've never seen Part 2. I have to confess. I've seen part oh, one. Man. I'm a fan of part one. Or just Descent, not part one. But I have to see part two then. I think there's even a third one now. I'm not entirely sure on that. <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Um, speaking of that, sequels of other films, did anything happen? Is this one just a solitary film yeah. by itself? Yeah, there's no follow-up or any no. talks about it at all. Nothing more. I'm fine with that. It doesn't need to have an extension to it at it, all. It's it is not that kind of movie, really. No, it, it isn't. No, it's no Fright Night, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Puppet Master. <laughs> oh man, Puppet Master. Yeah, we need like eight of those. <laughs> I think it has what? I think it actually has ten or eleven. It might. Uh, <laughs> I need to marathon those again. I've actually never seen them. I've never seen all of them. I want to marathon them from start to finish. I've seen them, like, out of order. Like, around Halloween, AMC will run a bunch of different horror films. That's where I've fallen upon some weird Puppet Master movies. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, do you want to defend this film, or do you want to destroy it? (laughs) Mm. I think... I'm going to defend it. I kind of alluded to that at the <laughs> beginning. I'm going to defend this movie. Um, maybe I have bias. I'm a Michael Fassbender fan. But, no, I was pleasantly surprised with it. Um, I thought it was acted very well by m- most of the roles. Um, it was. It falls into the horror genre um, on several different levels, from the isolated scenery to the, the monster to the use of weapons to the female being the last surviving person, it falls into that category in just a very s- subtle way. 
Um, and it kept me, it, it was believable and it kept me, I mean, obviously concerned and guessing until the very end where it fur infuriated me. So I would defend Eden Lake as, as a horror movie and I would recommend it. Yeah, I would say that's pretty well stated and I would agree with you there. And there's not much to rag on this movie on too much. Like, I think... No. I mean, I think with mo most horror films, you know, there's going to be parts of the movie that, like, you know, make you, like, not cringe, but you'd be like, oh, God, why are they doing that? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But you kind of excuse that anyways, because you, you kind of know what you're going, getting yourself into. Yeah, you suspend your disbelief for a second. But there wasn't too many moments of that. Yeah, I, I would say know. it was a lot better than other films, and, you know, he, uh, James Watkins did a pretty good job of executing it I think so too I really do yeah. well with that being said does that conclude our episode on the 2008 British horror film Eden Lake you don't, for this week you don't have any uh, one or two trivia for the movie one or two trivias you know not too much really I mean yeah from what I know from what I could find was, I mean, like, the low budget. I couldn't even find a number. I, I even watched the making of Eden Lake. I watched it. I found it on YouTube. I, it didn't really give any in-depth backstory to it. It was kind of just a lot of Fassbender and Riley uh, describing their characters and walk-ins of why he wanted to use the camera. But history, I can't... I don't have too much to it. Oh! Actually, one tidbit I did find was that I believe it's supposed to be inspired by an almost like a remake of a French horror film called Them. Have you heard of it? I Pete? have heard of it. Did you know about that, that fact? I, didn't, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it was apparently Watkins had, was inspired by it and kind of wanted to make something very similar to it. It's almost a remake, so that's the one thing. was. So if you like this, maybe you like the French film Them. Yeah, you know, like, oh, if you like this movie, yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, but you're a little genius just coming at you. <laughs> you could have a piece of you cake and eat it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, do you have anything uh, for history on the film? Any backstory on yeah, it? Yeah, you know, that's one where it was hard for me to, like, same for you, like, I didn't get to watch the making of, and I even, like, tried... Uh, before we did the recording, I was just like, oh, is there any trivia I could find? And I'm like, oh, wow, there's not not a whole lot here. Yeah. Well, again, yeah, I guess it was pretty quick, I mean, pretty quickly shot, I mean, and edited and everything, and low budget. Just tried to do it real quick. Nothing really exciting happened with it. That'll happen. That will oh, I, happen. I have a follow-up question from you, for you for the last episode to kind of end things on. Did, did you get a mm -hmm. chance to to look up Grizzly 2's history? Oh, no, Pete, I didn't get a chance to look it up. It's in my notes. It's it's right here. Uh, for the podcast listeners, I am holding up a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, uh, I want people to look up this history, and yourself included. And yes. I want I, I want to talk about it maybe in the beginning of the episode, like, uh, kind of like... Our intro to our intro. <laughs> yeah, Dispute. absolutely. We'll make a point of it next podcast episode. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about Grizzly. Is it Grizzly 2? Yeah, how? Grizzly 2 backstory. 
and then we'll... The exclusive on It Records. <laughs> and uh, do you want to say uh, what movie we chose for the next one? To... Cloverfield? <laughs> Cloverfield it is. By uh, Star Wars director J.J.? <laughs> Wait, did he direct he, or just write? He produced and wrote it, I believe. Produced and wrote Cloverfield. Okay. And that's going to be a one that I'm going to defend that it's a horror film. And we'll talk a little bit more of that uh, when we when right. we record on that episode. I'm, I might play devil's advocate and say, uh, destroy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll just see. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah, that, that pretty much uh, ends it for me. Well, that wraps it up for me as well. Um, until next week when we dissect Cloverfield we will remain in the shadows <laughs> death will become you I don't know <laughs> <laughs> boom just throwing out catchphrases yeah just just trying to see what worked <laughs> we'll see what sticks <laughs> alright thanks for tuning in until next week I'm Peter Hansen and I'm Matt Johnson <laughs>